Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, what's up, addicts? This is Patrick. Before we get into the bonus content for today's show, I wanted to pass along some Chiefs-related news to you all that's uh, definitely on the sad side. Uh, It was announced today that Former Kansas City Chiefs head coach Marty Schottenheimer, who I know we all love and love the Schottenheimer era, was moved into hospice care. Um, Marty, if you're not aware, has been battling Alzheimer's for a few years now. The family released a statement, so I'm going to go ahead and read that to you right now. Diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2014, former NFL head coach Marty Schottenheimer was moved to, hosp- moved to a hospice facility near his home in Charlotte, North Carolina on Saturday, January 30th, where he is listed in stable condition following complications from his disease. The Schottenheimer family asks that you respect their privacy at this time. And then there's a quote. As a family, we are surrounding him with love, said Pat Schottenheimer, his wife and speaking on behalf of their children, Kristen and Brian, and are soaking up the prayers and support from all those he impacted through his incredible life. In the way he taught us all, we are putting one foot in front of the other, one play at a time. Uh, You know, I don't have a a lot to say about this other than uh, my thoughts and prayers, and I know Matt Verderam, who's not with me on this episode, his thoughts and prayers go out to the Schottenheimer family. None of us knew Marty personally, but I know as a as a young person growing up, I was in junior high and in elementary school when Marty was coaching the Chiefs. I really looked up to Marty. He was the in charge of my favorite football team, um, so he was a figurehead of sorts when I was growing up and. I really appreciated his career and the great work that he did with Kansas City and with the Chargers. And I know that he made a huge impact on all the people that he coached. And of course, the people in the community and the Chiefs Kingdom and obviously his family. So really tough time for the Schottenheimer family right now. And uh, I think we'll just all um, send send them all our thoughts and prayers, I know, and uh, wish Marty and his family as much peace as possible. Okay, let's get into the episode. 
Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. What's up, addicts? Welcome in. This is the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. My name is Patrick Allen. I am flying solo again tonight. If you listened to our episode yesterday uh, for Super Bowl week, you know that I was working my butt off. It was late, and I didn't want to bother Matt Verderam. And it's the same thing today to record this short little bonus episode for y'all. It's 6.21 p.m. Central Time been working a full day here trying to get this down for you guys to get you pumped get you fired up and get you all the chiefs content we possibly can for friggin super bowl week the kansas city chiefs trying to run it back oh man it is it is wednesday we are getting closer and closer and closer you know thursday is always that turn the corner day for me i can start seeing my meetings start to trail off a little bit towards the end of the week because nobody wants to meet on Friday. I love Fridays are usually a day for me to catch up on all the work I didn't get to do during the week because I was in meetings. If you've got a uh, a desk job like I do, you probably know what I mean. Um, but we're releasing content every day of the week, come hell or high water. And if that means I eat dinner late tonight, well, then uh, I'm going to eat dinner late because we got to bring you guys the goods. Okay. So why am I here? Tonight, um, we got some great sound tonight from former Saints and Chiefs great, more importantly, Chiefs great, Willie Rofe, former left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, the guy that Carl Peterson continuously um, harassed to get him out of retirement to keep coming back and playing for the Chiefs, had an incredible Hall of Fame run. He was amazing with the Chiefs. And our guy, Mark Carmen, who brought you sound yesterday, that we had from Jerry Rice. Talked to Willie this week for Super Bowl week. Willie's working um, with a company out there and uh, Mark got a chance to sit down with him. So the part that I thought was really interesting in this interview was what is probably gonna end up being the headline of this podcast, which is Willie Rofe said to Mark Carmen that he thinks Kansas City Chiefs are America's team. And I... Uh, maybe people have been buzzing about this or talking about that. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure somebody's put it out on Twitter or something like that. And I thought that was really fascinating, and I hadn't really thought of it before. Everybody, uh, we all know, you know, Dallas Cowboys, they're America's team. I always, you know, when I was growing up and I heard that, it always annoyed me. I was like, why are they America's team? That's a pretty arrogant thing to say. But now that people are starting to say it about the Chiefs, or at least Willie is, I can see, and the part of the the audio, and you'll hear it here in just a second. That audio uh, that Willie says is, he says they're the team that everyone wants to see right now. There, and he talks about them being the young guns. And when you think about what what would actually the parameters of of having the moniker America's team be, I think that's it. It's that it's the team that not everybody's a fan of. Obviously, all of America is not fans of one team but there are just certain teams that come along that you want to watch play right like you want to watch lebron james play basketball when the warriors were out there just jacking up threes and playing this incredible brand of exciting basketball you wanted to see games in which the warriors were playing even if you weren't a fan of the warriors just so you can see these incredible athletes do their thing so when you put it that way how are the Kansas City Chiefs not America's team? 
And after all these years of having to listen to Dallas Cowboys fans be obnoxious and talk about how they were America's team, and even though they stink and have stunk for a long time and, and don't win playoff games anymore, I'm all right. I'm okay with stepping into that role. The Kansas City Chiefs are America's team. So we're going to play Willie Sound, and um, and then we'll talk about it on the other side a little bit. Okay, let's do it. What's, uh, let's take a look at the Super Bowl quickly here, Willie. What do you think of Kansas City's chances here? Can you ever imagine, too, that the Chiefs would be, you know, this level of success? I mean, you got in the playoffs one time when you were there, and you had another 10-6 and six season that that team was good enough to be in the playoffs for sure. But this is like a whole other level for KC. This is a... Uh... This is a level that Kansas City has never been at. The Kansas City is now America's football team. They're they're the they're the uh, they're America's team. So Kansas City went from from being a small market team to being America's team right now with Patrick Mahomes and all the young Tyreek and Kelsey and all those guys. So I'm excited for them. I'm excited they have another opportunity to go out and play. And I think, you know. They're the young, they're the young guns. They're young. I think the pressure's more on Brady because Brady wants to win another one, and he made it his first year in Tampa. And Antonio Brown's daddy, I played with him at Fort Scott Junior College. Eddie Brown, we played at Louisiana Tech together. So I'm a little torn because you know it's, it's guys on both sides that that uh, that I that I would be happy to see get a ring. So you know I'm a little torn, but you know I'm always rooting for the Chiefs. It's interesting that you say there's more pressure on Tom because I feel like he's kind of playing with house money at this point, but you're seeing it the other way. He's playing with house money, but he wants to get another one. You know what I mean? I mean, how, does he? if he plays another year, two years, does he, get, does he get it back to the big dance? You don't know. We don't know that if he plays two or three more years, which I think he will play two or three more years. But I think the pressure is in order. The Chiefs are, 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 are young. So in their mind, they made it to two, out of, two of them in three years. So in their mind, we're going to go to some more. And think about it. Sammy Watkins, their number one receiver, didn't even play last week. So they're going to let him go probably and pick up another weapon on that offensive side of the ball. So, you know, and I don't think Eric B. Enemy's going anywhere. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the pressure's the pressure going to go both ways. But if Kansas City loses, they still think they, they, they're going to be in the heat, in the hunt of it for the next 10 years. Yeah, no, how long? Yeah, so based on that, you think that Patrick Mahomes may have a chance to creep on that Tom Brady guy down the line here? I think Patrick Mahomes has a chance to be real special, and I think special means he'll have a chance to win at least four or five Super Bowls. Yeah, oh, I mean yeah. America's team, four or five Super Bowls. Yeah, man. Right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are who everybody wants to see. Yeah. <laughs> What was your what was your favorite barbecue when you were in KC, Willie? Did you have one? I think my favorite would they had a little place down on Metcalf close to our house. KC Masterpiece was pretty good. I liked them. You know, some of them now are real. We went, we just came back from Kansas City and it was Q39. It was okay. You know what I mean? It was it was it had this, it had a good setting, but you know, you go to Gates and some of the old school places if you want some real good barbecue. Right, you got to go. I mean, come on, we got to go to Gates. We got to go to uh, what's what's the one right by the right, right by the stadium? Uh, well, how am I missing that? That's a terrible job by me. Uh, Arthur Bryant's. Arthur Bryant's. Arthur Bryant's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arthur Bryant's. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But a KC Masterpiece was pretty good, and it was right close to the house, so I stopped there sometime. I okay. can't eat barbecue. I can't eat a lot of pork all the time, so 
Yeah. You know, more, more chicken and stuff now. <laughs> there, there we go. Uh, and hey, uh, I hope this is resonating with a lot of uh, your guys and people who didn't play the games trying to get healthy here as, as you get on older. It's great to see you, Willie. Uh, last question as we go back to where you started. What's your suggestion, I guess, to the Saints on their quarterback situation? Any thoughts there? If Drew decides to walk away, bring Jameis back and bring uh, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is more of a dual threat guy. I think you bring Jameis back and see what he can do. Yeah. Unless and then you want to draft somebody later. You know, if you're gonna maybe draft somebody in the first second round, I don't know if they what, what they think about that. But you bring Jace, you bring uh, Jameis back and see what he can do. Yeah. Willie, great to see you, the Hall of Famer, working with Novo Nordisk, and uh, we appreciate the information. Uh, helping guys out uh, with obesity and staying healthy. And everybody stay healthy, man. This COVID is serious, and I had it in August. And uh, oh wow, you know, let's stay safe and uh, let's get this uh, let's get this vaccine and let's have a good twenty twenty one. Absolutely, Willie. Great to see you. Thank you. That was awesome. Awesome to hear from Willie Rove again. I did a poor job setting up that clip. I, I you know, it's late. My brain's fried because I didn't even mention the fact that he was talking about some barbecue out there, which I absolutely love. Love when we get a chance to ask the the players, former players, especially guys, offensive linemen, guys like Willie Rofe about their barbecue recommendations in Kansas City. Always good to check out. Interesting that he wasn't that blown away by Q39. I've been there a couple times in my recent trips to Kansas City. I thought it was pretty, pretty damn good. And he's right. Definitely a great setting, good atmosphere in Q39. My God, can I not wait to get back to Kansas City be able to safely get on a plane and hang out with all y'all. Um, I know Verderam and I would love to do an event out in Kansas City the next time we're in town, and so we can meet some of you guys. So hopefully we'll be able to make that happen. So Willie Rofe, Kansas City Chiefs, America's team, I think we need to start spreading this around, and you know, let's make it a hashtag or something. I don't know. Let's make sure that all those Dallas Cowboy fans who uh, still think they're America's team know what's up. Just checking in. How's everybody doing? It's one day closer. Uh, I asked you in the last episode to hit me up on Twitter, so do that. Let me know. I got a, I got a couple a couple people reached out and let me know what they're what they're going to be eating for the Super Bowl. So I'm fired up about that. Uh, I some sweet potato fries made the list. Not something I considered for my Super Bowl spread, but I want to say I think sweet potato fries are wildly underrated they're one of those things that i've been seeing pop up on menus more and more recently and they're just incredible i'm a big ketchup guy i really like them with ketchup uh bring me the aiolis basically any kind of dip uh so i'd love some dip recommendations buffalo chicken dip clear leader in the clubhouse for me guacamole obviously but interested to hear if there are any good dip recommendations out there as well before we go, uh, I'm going to play more sound from, from Willie. Uh, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to come back, but I'm going to play the rest of Mark's conversation with Willie just because I think it's interesting. Uh, Willie's talking about you know trying to keep his weight under control, keep his cholesterol down, things like that. You know Willie Rofe was always a really big guy. And in his interview with Mark, the, the rest of the sound that I'm going to play, he talked a lot about sort of the toll the game took on his body and Mark asked him some really interesting questions about, you know, would he do it again? Those types of things. And I think it's just a, as we're heading into the week here, something important for us to think about is that these guys are out there just having car wrecks on a play-by-play basis. And we're always cheering on our teams. And I don't want to get too preachy with everybody, but 
let's all make sure we remember that the next time one of these guys has a contract dispute come up and some of the more mouth breather variety Chiefs fans out there get on Twitter and start complaining about the players not being loyal to the team and so on and so forth. When you hear a guy like Willie talk about some of the physical toll the game has taken on him and his body and what he deals with these days, you know, these guys are right to get every last penny they can when they play this game. And the the only loyalty that they have, they love the Chiefs kingdom. We all know that. They love playing at Arrowhead. But come on, let's be honest. At the end of the day, their loyalty is to themselves and to their families. And that makes sense. And I, I wouldn't expect any of any of you listening to feel any differently. I think it would be absolutely crazy if I waltzed into your, your car dealership or your place of business, wherever it is you work, and started telling you that uh, just because I was a fan of the product that your company produced, that you should not get every penny you can for you and your family. So just something to think about. It's, it's really interesting. It's cool to hear from Willie and, and, and he's doing fine by the way, but um, it is uh, it is just a kind of a, a dose of reality to hear these guys talk sometimes years later after playing the game. They they know what they're getting into and Willie it admits as much in, in the sound that, you know, he, he, uh, he doesn't have any regrets, but that doesn't change the, the, the facts of, of, of what can happen to some of these guys afterwards. Okay, I'm going to play that sound for you, and uh, we will catch you tomorrow. We're going to be recording our Super Bowl preview to get you ready officially for the game. We're going to give you our final score predictions and all that. Super excited about recording that episode. Uh, but until then, thank you so much for listening. Here's Willie Rofe, and as always, go Chiefs. It's the Hall of Famer, the former Saint, the former Kansas City Chief, working with Novo Nordisk today, partnering with the NFL Alumni Association. Willie Rove, you're building awareness to further educate fans, former players about obesity. Uh, let's start with uh, who you're working with today, and then I got a trivia question for you that I will see how well you know your NFL draft class coming up. But uh, why did you want to partner uh, with Novo uh, this Super Bowl year? You know, I just want to uh, show awareness that, uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a journey for me since I retired. You know, I had a back surgery in 2013, and it really set me back. I had a five-level laminectomy. I was dealing with some cellulitis issues and some issues with my body, and it's really been 15 years since I'm starting to feel good and feel better. And, uh, um, you know, my numbers recently have been very good as far as, you know, I'm still working on my weight, but – my A1C was down as low as it's been since I played. My cholesterol was like 160. So it's important to get those numbers checked um, pretty regularly, at least two or three times a year. And that's what I try to do. My doctor was proud of me. Uh, last time I went, my A1C was like in the low sixes. And, you know, they put me on metformin. And then he said, you know, you know, it's not supposed to be able to six four, And it was down to 5.5. Five. So, you know, he said, you're doing something right. And, um, you know, it's always good to be improving when you're 50 you know, feeling better than you did when you are 40. So, you know, it's, it's with us being as big as Lyman and, and myself, it's always a work in progress to try to stay active, to keep riding my bike, try to do some cardio, you know, and make sure my body's staying, maintaining pretty good. I, I always ask this question for, you know, Hall of Famer slash anybody who played in the league for a long time. I mean, is the NFL doing enough for vets like yourself, Willie, because you, you gave a lot to the game and you, you guys are all going to be impacted as your life goes along. 
Well, yeah. Well, you know, I was one of the fortunate guys that uh, did get Social Security early, and I do get a disability disability every month. So they have been uh, standing by me because your pension doesn't really kick in until you're 55 unless you have some injuries. So my injuries do impact what I do day to day and how I move around and how I feel. So they, they in that in that standpoint, they have they have helped me out a lot with with me getting a disability. Do you have any regrets playing the game as long as you did? No, I don't regret anything. You know, I wanted to play one more year, but my body, like I said, was banged up. My really, I didn't realize my back was 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 messed up. And uh, you know, I, I got 13 great years in, and uh, you know, I tore the knee up in New Orleans and got to Kansas City and played on one of the top offenses. We had a top offense over that four year stretch, so it was a lot of fun. But uh, I would do it over if I had to do it again. I'm in the hall, and I met my wife in Kansas City, so I'm happy about that as well. Yeah. I, I don't want to try to get anyone in trouble here, but I am curious. Like, do you think the Chiefs knew your back was where it was and kind of you weren't getting the accurate information? No, no, I don't think that wasn't the case. They didn't know. I, I was bothering me at training camp. We had Vermeil. If anybody knows Coach Vermeil, he likes to practice real hard. And yeah. then they went to Herm that next year. So it wasn't a matter of them knowing. It was just a matter of me. You know, I'll the first game I went out there and popped my hamstring, and, and that really helped me make it through the year. But, no, they didn't know. You know, I didn't know. I just thought I just I just knew something was off. Okay, they don't hit like they used to in practice, Willie. Some some people say that that actually puts guys in more danger come Sunday or whenever the game is that week. What what's your thought process on the way they're protecting players now? It's it's good. They don't need to hit like that anymore. You know, we would get out there and scrimmage, or you know, the coaches want you to pick it up, so they're out there yelling and stuff like that. And you know, it was just uh. You know, it was it was kind of sometimes it was chaos under fire. You know, to to get you to to get you going in the in the toughest environment they could put you in. But that's the way it was. You know, I came in with Jim Moore, old school Marine, same thing. You know, let's go out here, let's work hard. I remember a training camp one year in uh, in uh, lacrosse. He he fell out at practice and got up, and we kept on practicing. So, those more was tough, man. You know, and and that's how I came in the league. You know, it was old school, and we worked hard and. We went out there and played played hard, but, uh, you know, it was a different mentality back then. Jim Mora fainted? Did I hear that right? He fainted in practice one day, yes. And then he just gets back up and let's go? And we keep going. And then Jim Mora, we would be, at, even when the season started, we would be practicing, and he wouldn't like the way the practice was going, and it might be like the first few periods of team or whatever. He said, start it over. Wow. We just start the whole practice over. After we've been going for 30, 40 minutes. Wow. If he didn't like the way we were practicing, he said, start it over. Well, and after that, by the way, and I say this somewhat with praise, you you played for a straight lunatic in Mike Ditka. I mean, that's as old school as they come right there. I, I'm, I'm assuming that he was all about hitting, too. Yeah, you know what? I don't really remember that era as much as training camp uh, with Ditka. I, we were hitting, but you know what? Dick Stanfield was my coach for a year or two, and I love having coach in the locker room with me before they made it to the hall. The old, old, the old uh, Lions, great football player, Stanfield. So I love going out there playing hard for him. I had a tough year in 97. Probably the worst year of my career. I was heavy, and, and Chuck had a big game against me. So I went to Duke after that year and really started taking care of myself. So I think I learned a lot from Dick and learned a lot about being a pro and me being accountable for my own actions. So I will say that, that what Dick had taught me was don't take things for granted. Go out here and work hard and – you know, come to work every day and be a pro. And I think I learned that doing that Dick era because I was kind of, we had lost more and 
he left in the middle of the year and I was kind of depressed. We weren't winning a lot. So I needed I needed a fresh start and, you know, then we finally won that playoff game in 2000. But, I, you know, so Dicker was always like, don't take anything for granted. That's interesting. So you, you liked Iron Mike, basically. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. a Hall of Famer, so you got, you know what I mean? I got to respect him. He's an he's a, he's a old, old brother Hall of Famer, so it's a respect level, you know? It's like little brother, big brother. <laughs> All right. A- 89 was was doing it on the field. There was he, uh, Cowboys and the Bears. for And, hey, he won a Super Bowl as a head coach, too. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.